I didn't want to play anywhere else. This is this is my home. This is this is where I wanted to play. I've got John Sherholtz as general manager. I've got Bobby Cox. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I've told Freddie this, and I have no problem telling you know everybody this, including Freddie. I do not agree with the way that this was handled on Freddie's side. If you want to play in Atlanta, then you play in Atlanta, okay? You you maybe take a little less to be happy and play in a place that is comfortable to you. And the second that Freddie, you know, told me in, when he rejected the five for thir- 135 after the All-Star break, I told him, I said, you're playing a very dangerous game. You go out on the free agent market, you get courted by all the pretty girls that are on the block, you know, chances are you're not going to come back, you know. And if you take your time waiting on that sixth year, maybe into January, Alex Anthopoulos has a job to do. Welcome back to the Open Mic Podcast. Somebody please tell the Braves that it is baseball season and they need to stop playing like a bunch of bums. It is actually 9 o'clock on Monday, April 18th, as I'm recording this, and we are two hours away before the, or excuse me, one hour away before the Braves play against Freddie Freeman, Uh, although by the time this actually comes out, that game will have already be over with. Uh, That was Chipper Jones at the intro. He was on 680 The Fan, I believe, which is in Atlanta, talking talking about Freddie shortly after the deal with Matt Olson went down to bring make Matt Olson, Matt Olson and Atlanta Brave, which obviously led to Freddie Freeman becoming a Dodger. We've this episode's going to be full of my thoughts on Freddie and the contract situation, how I think or who I think the bad guy and the good guy is here, uh, and how it was played. Before we get to that, though, we do have some good news. Regarding some Carolina basketball, uh, I thought Carolina basketball season was over, but obviously there is no off season. Uh, Armando Baycott and Leaky Black have both announced that they are coming back for the 2022-23 or in 2023 season. That is very exciting. So that should mean theoretically you've got R.J. Davis, um, R.J. Davis, Leaky Black, Armando Baycott, um, Puff Johnson will probably slide in that four spot if I had to guess right now. And then you just got to sit back and wait and see if Caleb Love comes back. Um, regardless, that's a good. It's a good core of what played the national title. So very exciting to have those guys come back. But before, all right. So no, that that's that's it on basketball today. The today is Freddie Freeman and the Braves. So I've basically got all of my kind of opinions from a bunch of different articles that I've read, and I read all these actually back in March after shortly after all this happened uh, but with the run that the Tar Heels went on I didn't really have time to go over it uh, and now this is the first time that I've actually had time to, to kind of share my thoughts on it and it's also convenient because this is actually the first time that Freddie and uh, will be playing against Atlanta uh, the first time the Dodgers and Atlanta meet is tonight at 10:10 on Monday um, so perfect timing it seems as it is so the articles that i will be reviewing i'll be referring to jason starks i'm not going to reference these as i go on there's just too many uh and the titles are just way too long but i will be referring to jason starks article in the athletic titled 
Like in life, nothing lasts forever, not even Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. I'll also be referencing Ken Rosenthal's Braves negotiations with Matt Olson were so different than with Freddie Freeman. Uh, Buster Olney's uh, inside the year-long, con- year-long contract saga that split up Freddie Freeman and the Atlanta Braves. And then Jesse Rogers, Freddie Freeman unhappy with Atlanta Braves' lack of interest at home with Dodgers. So, unless you've been living in Iraq and you don't really pay attention to Major League Baseball, Freddie Freeman is obviously a former MVP and obviously now World Series champ for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, His contract was up after the last season, and now he is currently playing with the Dodgers. Um, To kind of give you some some basically context of, of really how big this is, only one time has one other former MVP um, that had also won a World Series with his original team, then left, then would immediately leave after winning the World Series was Albert Pujols. Pujols did that in 2011 when he left the Cardinals for the Angels. And, and to show how significant this is, uh, let, let's just kind of look at how important Freddie has been to the Braves and just kind of how the Braves have been. Freddie Freeman played with Chipper. Chipper played with Glavin. Glavin played with Phil Necro. Phil Necro played with Hank Aaron. Freeman literally played with somebody that had played with somebody that went to the beginning of the Braves' time in Atlanta in 1966. So Freeman had a tie, almost like a family tree, if you will, all going all the way back to the Milwaukee Braves moving to Atlanta in 1966. The Freeman, what this is what's so wild is Freeman was in line to be that next Brave that was going to have his jersey still sold in the team store years after he had retired. They still sell; they'll still you can still find Chipper Jones stuff in the Atlanta Brave store. Um, you can find Hank Aaron stuff, and every now and then you'll be able to find some Tom Glavin or maybe even some Phil Negro stuff in the brave store freeman was on that same trajectory he was going to have that people were going to still or still going to wear freddie freeman jerseys long after he's retired you can't go to an atlanta game and not see a chipper jones jersey you can't be in atlanta period and not see something dedicated to chipper jones and that's how much that city loves those type of players and I'm afraid that's gone for Freddie. I could be completely wrong. I'll be interested to see how Atlanta greets him the first time that the, at the Dodgers come to Atlanta because tonight's game is in L.A. But I, after kind of doing all this, I am Team Braves, Team Alex Anthopoulos. I don't think Alex did anything wrong. And let me see if I can prove it to you. Let me see if I can kind of persuade you to think, the same way so some some context is where we are with the or where basically the the major league baseball stands with with contracts to first baseman the the five-year 130 million dollar deal that paul goldschmidt has signed with the cardinals back in march 2019 is basically the the bellwether for first baseman um and and freddie's camp freddie's agent and freddie's constantly be referring to them as Freddie's camp they, they considered that a a floor 
for the contract that they wanted from Atlanta. So in July, and so contracts don't really get anywhere in the offseason, so you get into the season of 2021, and you get to the July, and Atlanta offers five for 125, which was just a little bit lower than Paul Paul Goldschmidt's deal, which is $5 million less, but it's still $25 million a year. Now, you're going to have to keep up with these numbers, but the important one is the important one to remember is how much per year. So about $25 million a year is what Atlanta offered him in July. Freeman says no, which I think everybody would expect. Uh, I think at that time you're sitting there thinking, all right, this is We've got to get the ball rolling again. We've got to make sure that we get something. I, I need to know where you stand. Let's start at 5-125. Where do you stand? How does that make you feel? Like, where are we on that? So they, they say no. Um, and a couple of weeks later, it seems like Atlanta offers five for 135, which bumps it up to $27 million a year, um, which is now more than what Paul Goldschmidt got paid back in March of 2019. Um and I think the reason why Atlanta was kind of going with that, and I think it makes perfect business sense from a baseball perspective, Paul Goldschmidt was 31 years old when he signed that deal with the Cardinals. Freddie, after his free in this at this time, would be at the time was 31. He would turn 32 in September, and so you're thinking, all right, like we'll pay him for five years, we'll pay him until he's 37. He's probably not going to be good when he's 37. He's probably just not. Um, and so you're really paying him for what he's done um, and hopefully trying to squeeze two, three, maybe even four more good years out of him before he really starts to decline. Um, and what, what I found interesting is there was a quote. Chipper it was obviously very active in this. Chipper and Freddie are very good friends. Chipper's also a special assistant to Alex Anthopoulos. Um, so Chipper's got both sides of it. And Chipper, as he said early on, he said, from my conversations with Freddie, he wanted to stay. I'm just not so sure the way that he and his camp handled it was the way to make it happen. He said, I told him, if you go to free agency and you get courted by all the big market teams, you're not coming back. Chipper begged him to not play the, the Braves. Chipper's experience working with the front office told him that Atlanta's going to call your bluff, and if you don't do something, if you don't negotiate, Atlanta's going to move on. He said, I told Freddie you're playing a dangerous, dangerous game. They will move on without you because Alex has a job to do. Alex Anthopoulos, GM of the Atlanta Braves. If he doesn't do that job, he puts his job in jeopardy. And so before we go any further, let's let's think that through. Alex Anthopoulos does have a job to do. His job as the GM of the Atlanta Braves is to put a winning product on the field. You cannot go from winning the World Series to having a bunch of young talent like Atlanta does and not be good. This is not a this is not a 2019 Washington National situation and I mean no disrespect to that because my wife in laws are huge Nationals fans. That Nationals team was a was a very experienced, very old Nationals team. Howie Kendrick, uh, Adam Eaton, those guys were up there in age. Uh, and, and so, like, 
They got their World Series. You tried keeping them. It didn't work. Blow it up. And that's exactly what Mike Rizzo did. This is not Alex Anthopoulos and the Atlanta Braves are not in that situation. When you've got Ozzie Albies, Danzy Swanson, Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna, who's coming back, didn't even play in the World Series last year, you've got a young enough core and a young enough team that you can try you can try to run it back. Freddie Freeman's a huge piece of that. You need a good first baseman. Freddie Freeman is or was the best first baseman in the game. And so Alex is sitting there thinking, all right, let, let's let's do this. Let's try to get this job done, get this deal done so that we can go. Um, and so Chipper's telling him right there, like, hey, Alex has a job to do, and if you're not going to be part of it, Alex is going to have to find somebody else. The Braves are going to have to move on because the Braves are still going to be in contract talks with Eddie Rosario and Jorge, Jorge Soler. Um, and... That might have been it, and obviously they had other pieces that they needed to fill. And so there was other things that Alex Anthopoulos needed to get to, but I think Freddie was his main priority. Let's land – I think I, – I don't know this for sure, but I think Alex's thought process was let's land Freddie and then let's deal with the rest. But at the same time, we've got to make sure that Freddie's deal works for us so that we can afford to sign these other guys. And then all of a sudden, season Braves win the World Series, season ends. You have a lockout um, shortly after the season ends. Uh, and so there's no negotiation. You cannot negotiate for, 99 day, for the 99-day lockout. Um, business resumes on March 10th. Um, I think it was like December 2nd that they went into lockout. So business resumes on March 10th. And Atlanta offers 5 and 140. That is, their Atlanta is now up to twenty-eight million dollars a year. On March eleventh, it becomes evident that the Dodgers are making a push for Freeman, and then Freeman's camp and Alex Anthopoulos uh, get on the phone, and Alex Anthopoulos is told he had one hour to accept either a six for one seventy-five or five for one sixty-five deal. That is a twenty-nine million dollars or thirty-three million dollar deal, respectively. Six for 175. Let's think about this from a GM's perspective. You are paying Freddie Freeman until he is 38 years old. Do you really want to pay a 38-year-old first baseman $29 million? There are not many Tom Brady's out there that can remain elite for that long. And so I don't blame them for not wanting to pay a 38-year-old $29 million. And then you've got... Five for one sixty-five, which is thirty-three million dollars, which is significantly more, which is overall twenty-five million dollars more than what the Braves had offered just a day earlier when they offered five and one forty, which is twenty-eight million a year. Freeman's camp for a five-year deal was looking for five one sixty-five. Again, Anthopoulos was told he had one hour to accept, and he rejected both. And both parties agreed right there that all offers and proposals were off the table. Both sides needed to prepare for Atlanta squad without Freddie Freeman. So that conversation ends. Anthopolis is told, hey, you've got to accept this deal. Anthopolis says no. And so right there, that's when Alex Anthopolis goes and he aggressively goes after Matt Olson. And so... Quickly reading from Buster Olney's article here, it says, Quickly, Anthopolis began making those plans. 
And he knew that if Freeman was not going to be the Braves' first baseman, he needed a star, a high-end player for the sake of the team's run production and defense. Freeman's a gold-glove caliber first baseman. He's one of the best hitters in the in the game. So, yes, Alex Anthopoulos has his hands full. He needs somebody. If their Braves are going to have a chance to run it back, you don't just, you don't just call up somebody from AAA to do this job. You don't even call – just some some team just trying to get an average first baseman. You've got to go fill the hole quickly, and, and that's exactly what he did. He said the the article goes on and continues to say the Braves won the NL East each of the past four years with Freeman at first base, but their competition was only getting tougher. Uh, Mets had, the Mets had spent aggressively adding Max Scherzer, center fielder Starling Marte, and others. And the Phillies I've loaded up on bullpen help and locked up Kyle Schwarber as well as Nick Castellanos. Um, and so a day after Anthopolis ended talks with Freeman's camp, Anthopolis reached out to Billy Bean, who heads baseball operations for the A's, and asked Bean's price for Olsen. For Oakland, this was an opportunity to deal with a desperate trade pro- partner. Um, as one executive said, Billy knew Alex couldn't roll out Joey Bag of Donuts out there at first base to replace Freddie Freeman. But if they got a star, the Braves could shape the conversation around Freeman's departure, and the message to the team would be that even without Freeman, the team was serious about winning. And that's exactly what that's exactly what Anthopolis did in getting Matt Olson. And getting Matt Olson, they got an all-star, they got a big-time power hitter, and an excellent defender. And not only that, but let's see, so far through, I know it's very early into the 2022 season, I think, what, they've played 11 games. Matt Olson has 16 hits and 38 at bats. He's hitting 421. He's got an on-base percentage of 551 and a slugging of 684. Through 11 games, that dude is putting up video game-like numbers. I do not expect that to hold, but through 11 games right now, he is doing better than Freddie Freeman. And that's all you could ask for right now from getting Matt Olson is to get somebody that can, hey, give me Freddie. Can you give me at least close to Freddie Freeman numbers? Because if you can give me close to Freddie Freeman numbers, I've got confidence that we can do this again. That's exactly what Matt Olson is doing. So Alex Anthopoulos did his job. The but but the and so at first, as soon as I saw this as a Braves fan, I was I was upset that that meant because I saw that once. Obviously, I didn't know all this was going on in the background. I, I was not happy that that meant that Freddie Freeman was gone. But after reading some of these articles and after seeing some of the things that Freeman has said, and then obviously you you take into account what Anthopolis has done, I can't help but trust the dude. The Freeman here here's here are some things that Freeman said after all this played out. Uh, and this is from Jesse Rogers, Freddie Freeman unhappy with Braves' lack of interest at home with Dodgers. Freeman is sitting there quoted is quoted as saying, as the season went on, there were no talks. So you figure this was going to happen, talking about him getting to free agency. He gets to free agency. He said the communication wasn't there, wasn't all there in the offseason. I got two phone calls. I got more from Andrew Friedman, the president of the Dodgers, to my agent in a matter of a couple hours. And did you notice what he just said? He said, I got more phone calls to my agent in a matter of a couple hours. That, I mean, I got a light bulb going on in my head. That's a red flag right there. Why is he saying his agent? Because obviously that means that Freeman's not part of this process at all. You know, I, I was a huge Cliff Lee fan 
Uh, even when he was on the Phillies, loved the way that he pitched. And Cliff Lee told his agent, hey, I'm going to be in the deer stand uh, all winter, so you handle everything. Freeman evidently wanted to come back to Atlanta or claims that he did. But if you're letting your agent handle everything, that does not necessarily mean that you want to come back to Atlanta. If you're letting your agent handle everything, that means you're wanting what you're wanting to get the best possible deal that you can get. Completely understandable. You're you're completely entitled to do that. But if that's what if your agent is handling everything, your agent's only going to be looking out for you, which in a sense is really looking out for him because that means that's a bigger cut, bigger cut for him. And it doesn't really matter where you end up. I mean, he had there was rumors that it was Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays were also interested. Um, obviously, all playoff caliber teams, but Atlanta just won the World Series, and the Dodgers won the World Series two years ago in the NLCS last year. And so, to me, if you're Freeman, it's got to be one of those two. But if I want to go back to Atlanta, like Freddie says that he wants to, then you don't let your agent handle it. You handle the contract negotiations. You say, hey, you tell your agent, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Let me know what they say. And then if we need to come down from that, we'll come down for that because I really want to go back to Atlanta. That's exactly what Chipper said that he did. Chipper at age 31 said, approached John Scherholz and said, hey, I'll take a pay cut so that we can keep winning, so that you can sign people so that we can keep winning. It doesn't sound like Freeman did that. It sounds like Freeman said, hey, you go handle it, and I'll just go here and enjoy my life and enjoy, enjoy talking to, to all these people. When in reality, that guy wasn't out to – he wasn't looking to sign with Atlanta. And if he was looking to sign with Atlanta, he handled it very poorly. Atlanta offered him $28 million a year. This dude, for five years, this dude comes back saying, no, if you want five years, it needs to be 33. What in the world? And then what I think is funny is when you look at it, when it's all said and done, Freeman signs his contract, which was, where the heck did I put that? His final contract was six years, $162 million uh, total, which is $27 million a year. Okay, so yeah, that's per year, that's comparable to what Atlanta had offered him. But then let's see how much he played himself. Uh, Let's look at the California state income tax to compare to Georgia state income tax income tax california state income tax is 12 and a half percent georgia's is 5.75 for at least for freddie's bracket which you know is going to be up there um using the final contract as an example freeman is losing 3.3 or close to 3.4 million dollars in taxes to california in georgia he'd be losing 1.5 freeman would potentially be pocketing two more million dollars just by staying in Atlanta if he would have taken the deal because he signed a 27 uh, million a year deal Atlanta offered him 28 and so you're you're talking close to what close to two and a half three million dollars more that Freeman would be bringing home had he stayed in Atlanta I I, I don't think that Freddie handled this the way that he should have. Now, does this make me not like Freddie? No. Um, I think Freddie's agent got greedy. 
I think Freddie is saying some things now that aren't really true. I think he's saying that Atlanta didn't put any effort. I, I, th- I think that's bullcrap. I, I don't think Atlanta was just, just content with saying, no, let's, he's coming back. No, that's why they kept offering him more money every time that they, um, every time that they turned around and they want to run it back. And and so I I don't think there was a lack of effort from Atlanta's part, which is what he was saying. He was, um, Alex Anthopoulos literally shed a tear when he was talking to the media about Matt or about the Matt Olson trade, because he knew what that meant. He, 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 he wasn't bringing Freddie Freeman back, and he knew what that meant. And, and Freeman was saying he wasn't going to comment on that. It's like, dude, your agent played you. Your agent ruined all of this. This is not Alex Anthopoulos' fault. Alex offered you $28 million a year. You sa- Your agent said no. Your, Alex Anthopoulos offered you $28 million. Your agent said no, I need 33 And then only got you a deal for 27 which is really about 24 Four, when you take into account California uh, income tax, and that's not including, obviously, your federal taxes as well. But you lost three million dollars off the bat just by moving to California. the The whole story of this was frustrating because I think Freeman's agent is the one that screwed him. And I think Freeman's, from what I've read, I don't know this for sure. I'm oblivious. I'm just a dude that does this for fun. It seems like Freeman was, doesn't want to believe that his agent cost him this. I think if Freeman was serious about staying in Atlanta, he would have told his agent, hey, we're, we're staying in Atlanta. Just make the deal happen. Make it work for both sides. I want a little bit more money. I want a little bit more than what Paul Goldschmidt got. Give me a little bit more money than what Paul Goldschmidt got and let's stay in Atlanta. I don't think Freeman had that conversation with him. If he did, I think Freeman's still in Atlanta. Matt Olson probably not it with the A's because the A's literally dumped all their good good players. But if he did, Freddie Freeman's still in Atlanta if he has that conversation with his agent. He didn't. And it's frustrating because – it it's weird seeing Freeman in a Dodger uniform. It almost feels honestly, it almost feels like a Kevin Durant leaving OKC type deal. Although it's kind of backwards because Durant left OKC after OKC lost to Golden State, whereas Freeman leaves Atlanta, who beat the Dodgers. Freeman had a chance to go down as one of the greatest Braves. Of all time, and he's st- he's still be up there. He will still be up there because he spent what I mean, he spent a ton of years in Atlanta. But he had a chance to be Chipper Jones level, and I think his agent cost him that. For the you could technically say more money, but obviously it's not, and that's sad. I don't know how this series would go. The, the Braves aren't really playing that well, so I wouldn't be. And it's in LA, so I wouldn't really be surprised if they lost the series. I wouldn't be surprised if Freeman played well. But that none of that will change how I feel now. I, I think Freeman's agent again. I think Freeman's agent cost him, and I am absolutely thrilled to have Matt Olson. 
as a Braves fan. I think Alex Anthopoulos played it the right way. I mean, it's hard not to trust Alex Anthopoulos. Ronald Acuna goes down. Marcelo Zuna has a domestic violence uh, issue, which I think turns out he's innocent. Um, could be wrong on that, but thankfully there. But so Atlanta loses two big bats. They're under 500. And then he goes out and gets Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, and Adam Duvall. And all of those guys made a huge contribution. Rosario, NLCS MVP. Solaire, World Series MVP. It's hard not to trust a guy after after his trades do that. And, and so I have all the confidence in the world that he made the right move with Matt Olson. And I'm glad that he did and I'm glad that he, he went and made that move. Obviously Tom will tell whether or not he did. Tom will tell whether or not Freddie Freeman made the right move going to LA. But right now, I'm perfectly happy with how the situation played out. And it's it's aggravating to see how Freddie's trading situation. All right, I'm out of time. Went a bit little, little bit longer than I intended. Remember to like us on Instagram at the Open Mic Pod. Um, follow us on Twitter at the Open Mic Pod, and like us on Facebook at the Open Mic Podcast with Mikey Morrison. You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple, and you can also find us on YouTube as well. Until next until i figure out what we're going to talk about i will talk to you next tuesday